We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everyone? Welcome back, BuzzBeat listeners, QCH readers, and all the Hornets fans out there. This is your co-host, Richie Randall. Uh, Unfortunately, Spencer Percy won't be joining us today. He had something come up, but episode 14, our next episode, he will rejoin us. So those of you that are missing out on Spencer, actually, we're actually going to have a shorter gap in between this one and the next one. So You'll definitely uh, get to hear Spencer's side, you know, of our of our Hornets and kind of the things that we've been doing lately, the ups and mostly the downs of this team, and where we're headed. But we wanted to put this episode out because it's been too long. It's been about two weeks, so we wanted to put one out discussing all the things that have happened between now and last podcast. Like I said, it was before the All Star break. And today, on today's episode, I'm going to discuss Charlotte's approach at the trade deadline. What routes could they have taken? Obviously, we saw that they just sat this one out. Was that the best option, or were there other options out there that we should have taken? I'm also going to review the Detroit game. Very depressing game Thursday night. And then I'll wrap it up by giving you a brief preview of tonight's game versus the New Look Kings. I got to see Sacramento play... Uh, that Thursday night after our game against the uh, the Denver Nuggets without Boogie Cousins, who they traded away about a week ago, and saw them, and, and they looked a little bit different. Obviously, it was just one game in, uh, but there were some things that I saw in this these new-look Kings that could give us some trouble. But before we get into our episode, I wanted to tell you guys where you can check us out. Like always, you can find us over at queencityhoops.com. For any and all of our content, whether that be written, you know, articles, previews, features, game recaps, go to queencityhoops.com. Obviously, you're listening to this podcast, so you found us somewhere, but you can check us out at almightyballer.com where you can listen to us, 
We are your only Charlotte Hornets A-Team podcast. Uh, Chris Axman, all, at Almighty Ballin' on Twitter, uh, the, the head guy over there at almightyballer.com. He has set up a great network of podcasts, and I believe he's getting real, real close to getting all 30 teams over at almightyballer.com. So he has, he has one dedicated to every NBA team. And he also has podcasts over there that focus on certain areas in the NBA, whether that be just daily, you know, general news about the NBA. They have podcasts for that. They got fantasy podcasts. They even have a podcast section on draft prospects, something that we as Hornets fans will probably have to start listening to a little bit more and more as you can see that our team is is headed headed to the lottery. You know, based on our current direction, that's really, really where we can expect us to end up come April. Another thing, uh, before we get in, I just want to tell you guys that we actually have BuzzBeat Apparel and Paraphernalia over at tpublic.com. If you check out almightyballer.com, they actually have a link to the ABPN store. And it lists all the other podcasts, obviously, but we're on there. Uh, we're BuzzBeat, clearly. I actually bought a crew neck sweatshirt the other day, and my wife got a hoodie. Uh, very good quality stuff, and I, I think, uh, if I say so myself, the logo, you know, BuzzBeat logo is probably one of one of the best over there at, at Almighty Baller Podcast Network, and they have t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, notebooks, phone covers, not just not just apparel, but they do have other little knickknacks here and there. So it's pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool stuff. Pretty good quality. And every so often, T Public has they have discounts going. So you just need to check. You know, I I don't think I bought mine on discount, but they 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 do run promotions every so often. So you just need to check at tpublic.com and also go through almightyballer.com and that will give you the direct link to the actual store. So let's get in to today's show. We're going to start with the trade deadline. Why did we stay? Why did we stay where we were? Why did we stand pat? Was there another way to go? So I read an article on QCH, I think the Tuesday before the uh, the trade deadline, and talking about the benefits and the incentives for each option for the Hornets. Because the Hornets are were in a predicament, and they still are. In terms of what they had to do with this roster, what they had to do with this trade deadline to not only better the team for the for the now, but also looking towards the future. So obviously we sat this one out, but we made a trade earlier in the season with Plumley. We made the Plumley trade, and that trade to me is still a head scratcher. I do I do like Plumley in terms of his style for this Hornets. Obviously he's an upgrade over Hawes and Hibbert especially with the way that we play basketball. But what did it really accomplish? What did this trade really accomplish? And the more and more I look at it, the more and more I'm not really understanding what we're trying to do here. So Plumley, obviously the money is the biggest issue with him. He's tied up for the next three or four years, making you know over $12 million a year, where we had Hibbert, who was on an expiring? Yes, it was just five million dollars, but he was an expiring. We had Spencer Hawes, who had a player option, and you just never know how those are going to go. And obviously, Clifford didn't play Hawes, so maybe he figured, you know, I'm, I'm going to opt out of the player option and not be a Charlotte Hornet next year. 
and that could free up some cap space. But instead, we traded both these players for a player who, while fits our identity a little bit better, he's going to be tying up our future in money. Obviously, unless we trade him, he's going to be locked on under you know the books for the next several years. And obviously, right now, he's currently injured, so he's not even playing for us. He's not offering anything on the court. So, again, what did this trade accomplish? I'm not sure. But we talked about it last episode, and I said, you know, to me, this signals that Rich Cho and the front office are trying to win now. And to me, sure. I mean, that's what we are. But we did not make a follow-up trade. I think the trade by itself with for just, you know, to get Plumlee on our team, by itself, it's not going to do us much good. It maybe could get us to the eighth seed. Maybe. Uh, but even then, we're going to get swept out of the first round. So I didn't really understand the trade unless there was a follow-up trade coming, which obviously did not happen. So if you looked at my article on Queen City Hoops, I talked about us being buyers. And I think I ranked I ranked this as the second highest probable uh, approach that we could have taken. And not necessarily the one that I wanted, but just the one that I thought would have happened with the Hornets. I ranked writing it out being number one. Obviously, that's what happened. Uh, I just thought that that's the way that the Hornets were going to go. I didn't think they were going to risk anything. I thought they were just going to play it safe. But to me, if you make that Plumlee trade, you're saying we're going to win now. 2017 playoffs. We're trying to get it to them. Why not make another trade? So that was kind of the incentive for becoming buyers. We were only two and a half games out of the playoffs. The teams in front of us all have their issues too. The Indiana Pacers have one of the hardest schedules, if not the hardest schedules remaining, so I could see them dropping out. Troy Pistons, who we played on Thursday, they got some holes. They could fall out of the playoffs. And obviously we got, I believe, the Bucks and the Miami Heat above us as well, who are currently sitting outside the playoffs. So we would have to jump several teams, but I don't think it was out of the question that we could make the playoffs, but the trade for Plumlee alone is not going to do it. So if you're going to trade for Plumlee to win now, why aren't you making another follow-up trade? So that's what I didn't understand. And I don't think I've ever would have been in that predicament in the first place. I would have just stuck it out with Hibbert and Hawes and see where it would have taken us because you know, definitely Hibbert, but both of them could have been off off the books next year. The next thing that I talked about was being sellers. I ranked this as the lowest probability because I just didn't see the Charlotte Hornets doing that. I thought that there are some casual fans out there that if if the Hornets don't make the playoffs this year, they're going to lose interest. They're definitely going to lose interest. And I know that the front office and the Charlotte Hornet organization wanted to keep the momentum. And winning or getting to the playoffs two out of the past three years does a lot for the image of the Hornets, does a lot for the rebranding that they've had, does a lot for keeping these fans interested, and it does a lot for future players that want to come here. If we're known as a team that, although we've never made it past the first round under the new rebrand, as a team that makes the playoffs on a yearly basis, that's going to draw you know, more names. And it's going to say, hey, Charlotte Hornets, they're just several pieces away. So the free agent destination, uh, while not the greatest, definitely definitely uh, gets a little bit of a spike 
if we do make the playoffs consistently. So becoming sellers was tough, but I don't think it was out of the question, and I do think there were some incentives to it. Right now, MKG, Marvin, and Batum were probably the most tradable players in terms of getting any value back. Batum is having an up-and-down season. Uh, He's making lazy turnover after lazy turnover. MKG, he probably has hit his ceiling offensively. He is just a cutter, a slasher that gets to the rim. His mid-range shot, while it has improved, uh, is still something that is a little shaky, and people aren't going to respect him. And then you got Marvin, um, who signed his last big contract, and he's making twelve and a half a year, uh, using his bird rights. I think we signed him for the next four years. He's he's not hitting his three. He's not hitting his three. His three point percentage is, is, I wouldn't say his lowest of his career. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it, it's it's not. It's probably not in this top three, top four. Uh, it's probably somewhere in the middle. So he hasn't regained that shot. We didn't expect him to shoot 40%, but he's been very inconsistent. He's shown glimpses that he can hit the three uh, for several games in a row. But but again, it's not one of his highest three-point shooting percentages uh, of his career. But the good thing with those three players, I think they do have value around the league. Maybe not to the extent that we maybe think that they have, uh, but we could have gotten something back for them. And I think if we were to become sellers, obviously we didn't we could have built for the future. You know, when you trade those players, you're going to, especially a Batum, you're going to want a first-rounder back. An MKG, you're probably going to want a first-rounder back. Now, where are we going to do that? Obviously, it didn't look that way. That's why I ranked that the third highest in the probability in terms of the approach that we're going to take, and it obviously did not happen. But there is, there are some incentives to doing that. There's definitely some advantages in rebuilding, doing a mini reset, because those three players are not getting it done, not getting it done this year. So, and then the last one that obviously that that the one that did happen, I ranked as the highest, uh, the likelihood is is writing it out and kind of took a little bit of both best from the both worlds there, in terms of not going all out and buying, but not selling away some of our established core pieces and just seeing how well we can do with the team that we have currently constructed. And as you can see, not too good. Not too good. So trade deadline, coming past. We sat it out. Kind of predictable in my eyes. And we'll just see where this team goes. Uh, the Plumley trade, though, is still a head-scratcher to me. I, I do like him. I do like him in terms of style and fit. But currently he's injured, and currently he's going to be making a lot of money for the next several years. This BuzzBeat episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Steiner Sports. When you use the promo code ALMIGHTY at checkout, you will receive a 20% discount on your purchases. The promo code is ALMIGHTY, A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y. If you've not heard about Steiner Sports, they really do have some cool and some neat items on their website, steinersports.com. They are the leading producer of authentic sports memorabilia and hand-signed collectibles. They have anything from signed shoes and equipment all the way down to signed photos. These don't just include basketball-related items, though. They have baseball, football, and hockey memorabilia as well. So if you're looking for your favorite team, SteinerSports.com makes it real easy, real easy to find, guys. So you just go to the website Steiner Sports, and you can sort by either sports league or even by team. If you're looking to add Charlotte Hornets memorabilia to your man cave, 
you have to check out steinersports.com and use promo code almighty at checkout. One of my favorite pieces is actually a Kimba Walker signed photo of his game winning shot uh, back in 2014 against the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I was at this game, but this was the opening night game under the new Charlotte Hornets name. Uh, But if you're looking for something more nostalgic, they do have older pieces from the original Charlotte Hornets as well. They have some signed pieces by Glenn Rice, Larry Johnson, and more. So check out steinersports.com and use the promo code ALMIGHTY at checkout and receive a 20% discount on your purchase. Again, that code at steinersports.com is ALMIGHTY. Now back to the show. Let's move on to the Detroit Pistons game. Thursday night, it was our first game back from the All-Star break. Charlotte Hornets lose another heartbreaker. 114-108. We outscored the Pistons in quarter one by five points. In quarter two by seven points. In quarter three by three points. We had a lead of 18 late in the third. I don't think we were leading by 18 heading into the fourth, but it was it was late in the third. We were up 18 points. 18 points. Now, you would think that lead would be safe, but we have experienced a game like this before. Very recent memory against the Toronto Raptors, in which I think we might have... It wasn't a clean sweep of quarter one through three. I think we outplayed them in two of the quarters. But again, the fourth quarter against the Pistons, they outscored us by 15 points. Forced overtime, and they won in overtime, obviously, 114-108. to This game started off promising. It really did. Uh, Kimba coming back from his all-star break, his all-star game, his three-point contest performance, you saw the confidence early on. I don't know if it was the fact that he played in the all-star game, some validation to his play this year and last year. He's an all-star. He's an all-star. And you could see in that one play where he crossed Jackson up and he made that dish to MKG for the dunk. From that point forward, I think that was coming, I think the actually the previous possession where he made a three, you could just tell that his confidence was high. And he was feeling himself. He even uh, had lure on him at one point, did the same thing to him, crossed him up, made a shot in his face. He was hitting threes. Um, he even attempted a behind-the-back pass cannot remember to who in the corner, but I believe it ended up being an assist. So he was he was definitely confident. Definitely confident. And it showed in the first quarter where I believe he had 10 points. No turnovers. Had a couple assists here and there. And we were up 17-10 early. Uh, we forced Detroit to take a timeout. And this is one thing that I tweeted, but like the power of the timeout in this game, it was clearly seen. Both Both coaches used it properly at the right time to stop any extended runs and you could see the effect that a timeout has at least in this game you know Clifford he definitely used it wisely definitely used it wisely so we were up 17-10 and uh, Van Gundy used a timeout brought on Tobias Harris and they tied it up 19-19 towards the end of the first quarter and then we called a timeout and then we ended the uh, the first quarter up 28-23. So just to see that shifting back and forth because of those timeouts, or at least a partial reason because of those timeouts, it's very interesting to see. I don't, I don't think that uh, fans really realize how much an effect a timeout can have, especially when momentum is building on the other team's uh, sideline. 
So first quarter, very good quarter. Second quarter, uh, very good quarter. You know, we had runs. We had a strong, strong second quarter. Um, there was a point in the second quarter where where the ball movement slowed down a little bit, but other than that, uh, we were heading in into halftime. I, as a fan, was feeling confident. You know, obviously we blew that lead against Toronto, but you know, Toronto and Detroit Pistons are, are two different teams. But uh, there was, you know, a lot of similarities between the two of them, especially when it came down to that fourth quarter. And KCP was was a beast. Uh, Batum could not stay with him. You know, I, I love KCP. I like I like him on both ends of the court. You know, he brings a lot of energy on the defensive end. But um, tonight on offense, doing a very good job. Uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope, 11 for 25. I know that's only 44%. Nothing outstanding, but a lot of that coming in the fourth quarter uh, is when he kind of picked it up. And obviously he finished with 33 points, 9 rebounds, and 3 assists. So uh, he killed it for the Pistons. Interesting. Ish Smith um, tweeted this out. This Pistons team plays better with Smith as their point guard. He finished with 16 assists on the night. 16 assists. If you have a point guard that is looking to to dish the ball and trying to get others involved, and it has that mentality, and the other players fill in properly around them, I think naturally, naturally that point guard is going to be better. I mean, obviously you have few exceptions here and there, uh, but Reggie Jackson looks for a shot. Looks for a shot. He was one for six last night. He only played 20 minutes. Him, uh, Jackson, and Drummond did not play a lot. And partially because of Ish Smith. Ish Smith would not allow Jackson to come back on the court. There was no reason to. No reason to whatsoever. The, the Pistons made their comeback. And they actually made a comeback. It's funny because the last time they played the Pistons, they did the same thing to them in the fourth quarter. And it was because Ish Smith was out on the court um, getting things involved getting every, everyone else involved. You know, 16 assists is just is just killer. And then Andre Drummond, Drummond did not play. John Luer played 41 minutes compared to, to Drummond's 25. And I think, and I don't know if I'm giving too much credit to Kaminsky, but because, because he has that range, it was drawing Drummond away from the basket. So not only does that put Drummond in an uncomfortable spot in guarding Kaminsky because he does you know, have somewhat of a game in which he can drive to the basket, but it opens up holes, driving holes uh, in the middle. So early on, the Hornets played well, and I'm going to try to keep this as positive as possible. You know, we, we limited, them, limited them to just one shot early on, not a lot of offensive rebounds, uh, but that all changed in the fourth quarter. We were up 18 late in the third, and things just went downhill. And here's the issue, or at least one of the issues is the lack of depth and a lack of a second score, second scoring option. Batum is not it. He does not have that mentality of a second score. To me, he's a third starter. If he's a third starter on your team and he has two players uh, that have a little bit more alpha in them, you're going to be a playoff team. Obviously, we were a playoff team with him last year um, as our second starter, but we had some other other weapons that got things going. With our depth lacking this year, with Zeller injured, Batum has to step up. And it's, I don't know if it's not necessarily he won't. I just think that he can't. I don't think that's in his nature to step up as the second scorer. And Kimba was frustrated because when they start double teaming him, playing aggressive on him, he's going to have to give it up. 
And then when he gives it up, that player's got to make a decision. And sometimes it just seemed like he gave it up, the uh, the players recovered, and they gave it back to Kemba. And you can't just keep leaning on Kemba after game after game after game. And we've seen the results of this. And I'm not going to you know talk too much about it, but that fourth quarter uh, was brutal. And it was very, very reminiscent of the Raptors game. So we end up losing that game, drop into the Detroit Pistons, who are ahead of us. And we fall to 24-33. and 33, And we're sitting outside the playoffs on this downward trend. So lastly, I want to get to is tonight's preview against the Sacramento Kings. Like I stated in the beginning of the podcast, Sacramento Kings made a trade. And they got rid of their their star player, Boogie Cousins. And I watched the Sacramento Kings Thursday night to see how they looked. They came out small. They came out small. Their their starting uh, lineup was Collison and Lawson at the guards. So two point guards basically playing the one and the two. The three was Ben McLemore. The four was Anthony Tolliver. And the five, Kufos, which really he was just starter by name uh, because Willie Cauley-Stein, when he came in, uh, he just he just lit it up. And the three players that I thought are going to give us some trouble and played very well against the Denver Nuggets, uh, Sky Lavassiere, uh, he's the 6'11 player, uh, forward, you know, he gets up and down the court. Uh, he's he's smooth, smooth player. He did not play a lot against Denver, uh, mostly in the first half. Is kind of when he did most of his damage, but I would not be surprised if he puts up the same performance that he did against Denver. The other player, their newly acquired Buddy Heald, he was getting up and down the court, shooting off the dribble. You know, he he is maybe welcoming his new role, his new role with the Kings. And then obviously, lastly, you got Willie Cauley Stein. You know, he's been freed, free Willie. He has been freed here with Demarcus Cousins gone. Now he doesn't start. Like I said, but he will get starter minutes. He will play the more meaningful minutes, or at least he should. And it's just crazy to me how athletic he is, how well he gets, you know, up and down the court. You know, Spencer had mentioned his name in in, in trade talks prior. I mean, not any rumors per se, but just for us to go get him. You know, go trade for a Willie Cauley Stein, see how he would fit in this system, and he would fit well. He would definitely fit well in our system. You know, he he does a very good job and very quick with the ball in his hands. And you guys think of him as, as a pick-and-pop guy, which he is. I mean, he doesn't have much of an offensive game. He's he's very heavily involved in pick-and-rolls. But when he has the ball in his hand and he has a face-up game to him a little bit, he's difficult to stop as well. So you just, just to see his energy uh, late Thursday night, I, I watched probably about three, at least, you know, two and a half quarters, three quarters of that game before I fell asleep. But I had seen enough, you know, the Kings were up, I want to say 20 points at that point, and I just, I went to sleep, but I, I had seen enough from, from those players, and to see the new look Kings, and, and how they're going to play against us on, on, on Saturday night, tonight, you know, they get up and down the court a little bit more than they used to, they are not a fast-paced team, they're probably bottom five, but last night, the pace that they had last night, you know, I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but it looked to be, just based off the eye test, that they were getting up and down the court a little bit more than they used to. So tonight against Sacramento, not not feeling all that confident for a couple of reasons, uh, because I think that our confidence is shot, but I also think that Sacramento has this new life in them. 
you know, Cousins is gone. They have a little bit of a different style to them. And also, it's a matinee game. Another 5 o'clock game. Well, 5 o'clock, I guess 5 o'clock Eastern game. So it's, it's not a 5 o'clock game over there. So once again, we don't do well. And, and for whatever reason, do not do well in midday games. So to be honest, as, as positive as I tried to be during the Detroit recap, I'm going to be a little bit more negative for tonight's game. And I just don't see the Hornets winning. I don't see the Hornets winning. I think that, obviously, top to bottom, we're probably a better team. We are a better team, even without Zeller. But I just think that we're shot. Our, our confidence is shot. We are reeling like no other. So it's just been a crazy turn of events since the new year. It's interesting to see where this Hornets team has come since the new year. And sometimes it's just hard to put into words what has happened with this team. Now, that's not to say that we don't have good players and we have some core players locked up. Uh, we've had some surprises this year with Bellinelli. He, he, I mean, he's kind of cooled off since his injury, but you know, I, I, I am pleasantly surprised, even as someone that was a big proponent of that trade, that I'm happy that we, we got him. Uh, he has surprised me. Lamb, I think he's done a good job this year. You know, in the pull-up, in the mid-range, off the dribble. One of the few players that can create a shot off the dribble. His defense, while not the greatest, and really probably not in the top tier on our team, has improved. And then obviously you got Zeller, who's injured right now, has been one of our better players. And to be honest with you, when I w- we were doing our midseason awards, I was telling Spencer, you know, first place is Kemba, MVP, but that second and third between Batum and Zeller is a whole lot closer than you think. And to be honest, the more and more I'm watching this, uh, 2A is going to be Zeller, 2B, Batum. Just the way that he opens things up with this screen setting. I think that's going to do it for episode 13. Today's episode was episode 13. Episode 14 should be coming out real soon. Um, there won't be a week week's time in between this episode and the next one. Uh, and definitely not two weeks. Uh, we, we're sorry to keep you guys waiting, but we took a, we took a week off just like the players did uh, for the All-Star break. And check us out, guys. Once again, you're able to listen to us on the computer or in the car. Go to almightyballer.com. Check us out there. Any other podcast that you would like to listen to. Uh, If you want to listen to it in the car, you can download the Stitcher app. Or, obviously, if you have an iPhone, just search the the BuzzBeat in your podcast app or on iTunes. And you can download all of the podcasts to date. We would also greatly appreciate, guys, if you could rate and review us as well. And any feedback that you guys have, please leave it on there or approach us on Twitter at BuzzBeat Podcast. And you can approach me at Richie Randall. And then obviously when we put out these these tweets for the podcast episodes, we would greatly appreciate it as well if, if you can retweet, retweet them so it gets out to more fans. So if you're a Hornets fan and you want people to start listening to us as, as we do, uh, retweet it so it gets out to your followers. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Uh, We will see you guys real soon, and go Hornets. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. You are a mighty fortress of supreme knowledge. 
Progressive Direct has not only revealed their rates, but those of their competitors. If you were any more in the know, you would be drowning in, you know, the know. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates, because knowledge is power. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.